now entering Hello and welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay with John, Kellen, and TJ. Uh, and this week we are joined by writers, actors, and directors of HeBGB TV, uh, which is available on Screenbox, Mr. Eric Griffin and Jake McClellan. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Hello, Horror Sanctum. Absolutely. Um, so HeBGB TV uh, is a horror comedy where goofy horror hijinks and high camp queer shenanigans ensue. Uh, when some siblings get transmitted into an unsuspecting household uh, via a retro horror TV cable box. And that's 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 a little wordy, but like it, it's needed. Um, it's, it's just kind of like a fun anthology film. Um, and like I said, it's available on Screenbox, which does offer a seven day free subscription. So uh, be sure to go check this movie out and follow along with us. And then we'll get things kicked off with Kellen. Yeah, so <clears throat> I was kind of excited about doing this one when um, when we first got the screener for it. I had no idea what it was, no clue, <laughs> not not even a slight recollection. Um, and then you know, starting it and started to watch it, and was immediately struck by nostalgia. <clears throat> so I want to know. So much of this felt like '90s era kids shows done for like an adult horror fan as well like it had that 90s nickelodeon feel like the kind of more adult side of nickelodeon uh, like the goosebump series uh even the theme song and the subsequent soundtrack had the, the 90s you know mtv kind of vibe um <clears throat> the commercials the dr knucklehead's dna splicer reminded me of dr dreadful's food lab um so the more i watched it the more i i, I fell in love with this movie just from the pure nostalgia because it felt like it felt like somebody wrote this movie that had the same childhood as me and and drew from that so i just wanted to see if that was part of the inspiration in in the different parts of this that y'all put together i mean absolutely i think this whole this whole thing has been just like a, a nostalgia jerk fest for us and i think when we the three of us adam's not here right now our other co-director but when the three of us really started working together and collaborating artistically, it was kind of that, oh, we all had the same childhood kind of realization. And yeah, 100%, that's like where we were pulling from and really what we were aiming to do, you know, taking these things that um, are very fond, fond memories of our childhood, things that we look back on and, you know, and kind of wonder um, and how can we twist them and like, how does that reflect the actual kind of like reality of those things? You know, how can we twist them and make them a little more dark, a little, a little goofier and, you know, kind of what does that say about where we are actually in our lives, kind of worshiping these old things that ended up just being commercials and things that were, you know, trying to sell us stuff. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of, you, you said it like, uh, Dr. Dreadful was like in my childhood, I was making them stupid little gummy worms in that little easy bake oven, you know, don't eat that. That's just for playing. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's really a love letter to, uh, my childhood, our childhood and just, yeah. Being marketed to in just really fun ways through film, TV, toys. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> The candy corn segment specifically made me think of Pee Wee's Playhouse because of the claymation animation, stuff like that. Um, and I thought that was just a hilarious little little joke, you know, candy corn being the hot garbage of, of Halloween candy. <laughs> Anybody who likes it through wrong. Sorry, sorry, your tongue's broken. But I, I cracked <laughs> up when the kid like saw it and was like, Ugh. and then he comes back for it because he's just like, might as well, and takes a bite out of it. And then it shows the candy corns like, 
try to continue singing until the blood spurts and they all freak. I love that. Was was Pee Wee Herman, was Pee Wee's Playhouse, was that part of the inspiration as well? That kind of whole style of artistic expression? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I can, I will speak for Adam at, in, in this regard in that, yeah, we are huge fans of Paul Rubens and his work. Um, and yeah, exactly that, that, that type of tone, uh, huge fans of just like his holiday specials as well. Um, even thinking of like the dinosaurs and the refrigerator and, and that type of sense too. So yeah, huge, uh, ode and love letter to Paul mm-hmm. Rubens. Really latching onto that theater of the absurd for children. You know, I think that's kind of like the going theme behind all these things that we're kind of pulling from and like trying to do is just like this absurd surrealism that was meant for kids and you know kind of kind of worked for kids you know yeah and i noticed i noticed re-watching it in the scene with the uh the two guys that are you know smoking weed there's a skillet on the table with fried eggs in it like a call back to the barely um, fried commercial eggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the callback to the old commercial the this is your brain on drugs kind of thing i thought exactly. that was i thought that was a really neat touch there's a lot of little easter eggs and stuff like that so yeah um as far as writing a movie like this how do you go about writing something that obviously you wanted to touch on a lot of things you know doing the anthology and and, and all the little commercials and things how do you go about writing that to, to where it's not a cohesive story but it stays in line with what you're the story you're trying to tell i think that was the the tricky thing with this project is like it it didn't start as a whole it started as pieces you know we had um we originally meant this to be like a halloween party live performance mixed media kind of thing um it turned into a movie because of covid um you know we didn't think we'd be able to get a bunch of people in a room to do all this goofy stuff where like you know, Jake has a giant TV remote and he's pushing buttons and the projectors change and we have puppets on stage, whatever. So we had all these little like vignettes, all of these little things that were like, you know, again, just like pulling back from commercials and the things that have like stuck in our heads since we were kids and like, oh, this would be a funny way to, to do this. You know, this would be a funny twist on that. Um, and when we started putting it all together, kind of having these short little things, it, was, it wasn't until the smaller segments were built that we kind of went back and said how can we connect this together you know we know we have the cable box and everything's coming through the cable box um but like what is there some sort of through line you know what's what's the outside of the tv look like so that was kind of really far along in the process that we kind of figured all that out um and that was really tricky because you know we we get we get to the end when we have everything put together and it's like oh, i wish we would have been able to call back to this thing in this you know couple seconds or in this scene you know it'd be cool to add stuff like that so we kind of did it all backwards which was you know kind of telling of our <laughs> our uh status as makers and filmmakers you know just doing everything the wrong way and this is what we get yeah i would call it this style like band-aid writing like we're constantly yes. like going back and you're like oh okay let, let's let's like write this in and fix this oh okay now and let's connect this and, and so yeah it was a very uh backwards way of writing which was really fun too and in the same way yes it was hard ways but it was also kind of fun because you could adjust as as we went yeah awesome so at what point did you guys come up with the idea of heebie-jeebie and how to spell it and and all of that? And like, at what point did did like the box that that's magical, like almost like a Roku box, but but like a souped up? I love the prop too, where it's like pulsating. It looks like something out of a Goosebumps episode or something. At what point did that become the idea for how to connect all these different characters and stuff? Well, that was, that was probably the first thing I think um, 
we we had done a, a Halloween show the year before we started production. Um, it was kind of like a all three of us had independent short films that we wanted to show, and we had some, you know, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror playing, and Jake was in character on stage and doing all this stuff. Um, and when the idea came for what are we going to do next year because we have to top this, um, Jake had the idea of heebie-jeebie TVs. Like that's the name, that's what it should be. And then we, I think we kind of had like a a brainstorm sesh of you know that it's going to be this box. So that was like the first thing that we really came up with was it's going to be a box that just pumps things into your brain. Um, so Jake came up with the name. Adam designed the box out of you know he's a tattoo he's a tattoo artist, so he had a bunch of like ink boxes and stuff just like random things that he uses for tattooing to make that prop um and then i have like maybe three or four sketchbook pages of just different ways to write out heebie-jeebie tv you know like how are we going to spell it how's it going to be phonetically you know kind of making it seem like it's a a broadcast network you know kind of like going after the ktla kind of vibe of it you know so it was a lot of like you know brainstorming and working it down to like how can we make this into a consumable word that kind of like is recognizable but also like has the things that we want in it you know so it was kind of that was like the first real collaboration with this was kind of like the three of us putting our heads together to come up with this box and the you know the dark overlord that is hebgb awesome so a couple things that that i immediately kind of uh was brought to mind when i watched the film was these guys have to be like fans of of weird al and uhf right because that that seemed like the dna and that's all in there and it also put me in mind i think there's a john ritter movie called stay tuned Stay Tuned, yep. yeah and, and, i hadn't i hadn't learned about stay tuned until probably a year into making this movie and i was a little nervous i was like oh, oh no, yeah they're gonna come for us or something yeah um, but yeah, absolutely. Weird Al. I had every single Weird Al Greatest Hits album when I was a kid. And I just listened. If I if I could wear down a CD, they would have been worn down to nothing. The amount that I listened to them. Yeah, I had the the uh, Greatest Hits music video collection on repeat, like the King of Spoof, really. So yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so quick question. Favorite Weird Al song or video for each of you? Oh, oh. eat it. <laughs> yeah how's it going i love eat it um i'm always gonna have a a soft spot for smells like nirvana oh, just because that that was like i was introduced to weird al first kind of like through vh1 and that's what got me into like all this other music and stuff like i didn't know who nirvana was until i found weird al so that was okay. kind of like my gateway into expanding my musical horizon so that one has a very special place in my heart but i lost on jeopardy is probably the one that gets stuck oh, in my yeah. head the most okay we, we should say i'm um, amish paradise because for that oh, yeah. that's kind of my yes. go-to amish paradise yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah also like a surgeon is great that's also up there yeah i think adam was at the fye here in lancaster when weird al was doing signings for amish paradise he, he has a really good story about that i wish you oh wow that. yeah that's awesome so as an aspiring kind of indie horrorish filmmaker myself that's just now kind of trying to get my own project off off the ground hopefully next year uh i'm always interested how people are kind of brought to to you know independent filmmaking and, and it seems like you guys were all doing your own short films and this is this your collectively it seems like this is your first feature so what's what's kind of on the horizon? What where do you see things going from this? Are you going to build out these characters in other ways, or do you have 
ideas to kind of launch into other features now? All, all of the above, I think. Um, I, I think we we played a little bit with more uh, expansion of the universe in like our um, special features in the physical release, which is fun. So I think to answer your question, yes, we are going to do more with the same characters and new characters. What it looks like, I think we're still kind of playing with the idea of like what the format looks like, what the stories are. But absolutely, like it's become such a fun world even for me to play in just with character wise. So um yeah, like uh, I, I want every opportunity I can to be more villains in this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of did it pur- purposefully where we we wanted this to be the kind of thing that would have many branches um, kind of off the bat, you know, just kind of have as many like fake products and fake brands and characters and stuff as we can so that we kind of like have that room to grow. And I think we're all definitely interested in growing the heebie-jeebie verse itself and kind of do shoot offs of that and you know, we just had so much fun doing this and kind of found ourselves as makers through this process. And I think we've kind of honed in on something that the three of us all like collectively. So we definitely want to continue with that down the road. That's awesome. And um, just just for kind of the other indie filmmakers that are, that are curious, like what uh, did you shoot on? Like, was there a specific kind of camera setup you were using? I know everything's kind of going digital and everything now and everything's kind of on a budget for us indie people and stuff. But was there like it, it has a really good look, but also kind of looks like you maybe did some kind of after uh, maybe some grain effects and stuff yeah. kind of in post, I, I assume. Yeah, so we we shot everything. I, I own a a video production business as my like full-time job and have oh, for the okay. past couple years. Awesome. Um, and we use Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 4Ks, um, which is like literally just, if you're going to try making movies, just Those buy anything Blackmagic puts out because they work great. They're everything you're going to need and they're so affordable. Save up $1,000 and get yourself a camera that you can make a movie on that is in a Nikon DSLR. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can't say like, I, I love... I, I think Blackmagic as a company kind of made this production happen. You know, I, we it edited, we edited on DaVinci, shot on Blackmagic cameras. I loved every second of it. It was so easy. It made my job really easy. So that is my biggest piece of advice. Invest into Blackmagic design. Yeah, um, I've I've heard so many great things about those pocket cameras. Yeah, they're awesome. And it's like, you, you just can't beat the quality for how much they are, you know? And they're always like keeping up with like, upgrading them and like firmware and software is constantly being updated and like it's just such an easy workflow that like i i can't imagine myself using anything else but to like to answer the other part of that yes there was a lot of a lot of trial and error with like just the visual aesthetic because it needed to feel nostalgic i wanted it to feel like it was from a tv from the 90s or the 80s or the early 2000s and kind of have the aesthetic match what the thing is that we're referencing um, so there's like parts where we play with aspect ratio, you know, things are square, things are wide. Um, and it was a lot of trial and error on like, what is the proper balance of that? What is too much? What makes it seem kind of hokey? What makes it feel more authentic? So that was, that was a whole process of like trying to find that visual look in post. I was yeah. going to say that that's the one thing I noticed this movie, you could, you could have told me it was made in the nineties and I would not have questioned it. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I, so I was really curious about a few influences on the movie. 
Um, I know we've so far everyone's talked about PB's Playhouse. I could definitely see um, John B. the Genie in there a little bit. Like I, I could see that influence the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I was curious, was any of this inspired by like Adult Swim, like Tim and Eric Awesome Show? Because that that vibe. I definitely felt a kinsmanship there, almost like a love letter to that. I don't know if that's what you're going for. No, you, honestly, our references in this are so heavy-handed, and the answer is always probably going to be a yes. We dunked every little piece of media that we enjoy and just threw it in this blender through this lens. Um, 100% yes. Awesome. There's something there's something so slapstick, I think, about like this modern type of like Adult Swim, Tim and Eric type of humor. You know, it's like, I... I think all of us kind of grew up with like Alvin, Abbott and Costello and like the Three Stooges and stuff. And I feel like this like newer YouTube, TikTok, adult swim kind of humor is like the new millennium's like version of that kind of like slapstick. It's like visual auditory slapstick almost. And I, I think that was something I was really drawn to with that type of humor. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's awesome. You could definitely see it. And I kind of I, I that was the first thing I thought was like. I was like, they're definitely fans of Adult Swim. Like, I definitely oh, got that vibe. Um, and I am too, old school Adult Swim. Even now, I love it. Um, as far as the the way you structured the film, it's it's kind of like, in ways like an anthology that's mapped together with a central story. Um, does that kind of storytelling interest you as far as like the idea of doing those type of stories like a creep show or like VHS or something that's like that wraparound is that something you definitely have an interest in doing in the future or was really inspirational to you? Um, I think in terms of the, this film specifically, it kind of just happened that way. It really wasn't intentional from the jump. Like, oh, let's make a a, a kind of anthology where it's just like, boom, 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 hitting you over the head. Um, it just kind of happened because we were just making them and uh, the story kind of came later. I think in terms of like making more, I would say mm-hmm. both. Like I have, I love the kind of fast pace, like hit you over the head skit style um that we kind of just this kind of happened with this um but also i i would also love to tell like more longer form stories too like from i would say all ends of the spectrum yeah and one one last thing before i pass i know jay's got some stuff too um as far as have you ever seen amazon women on the moon is that yes that's great an influence it's no, kind of like a it's like kentucky fried movie i think it's about the same okay Okay. Yeah. yeah Yeah, definitely check that out. It's kind of like UHF Kentucky Fried Movie, like that odd me, sort of. Yeah. Let me see the poster. Look at that cover. Oh yeah. Oh look at that. I feel That's like the same crazy. guys that did the airplane movies have oh, something yeah, to do okay, with that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's on. That's on the list now, boys. Oh, that's a classic. They used to play on Encore Movie Channel when I was a kid all the time. I loved it. Amazing. Oh yeah. So we'll wrap things up. Um, <clears throat> Everyone's kind of touched on anything, I would say. That's the uh, benefit and the downside to going last. Um, but <laughs> all the influences, I lo- like, as I was watching it, um, I-, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I'm 39, pushing 40 next year. So it, it-, it hits all those boxes for me. Like, it checks all those boxes. Uh, it reminded me of uh, WNUF, the mm-hmm. Halloween special. Uh, the Forbidden Zone, which I just watched recently, like maybe a week before mm-hmm. I watched this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boulé Brothers Halloween Special. Like, those three came to mind as I was watching. Of course, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, have you guys watched The Forbidden Zone? Is that something that influenced yeah, you at all? I haven't. No, yeah, I have not it's seen that. It's fantastic. Like, it's Oingo Boingo and Danny Elfman. 
Yeah. Uh, it's like this weird musical. I don't. I, there's no way to describe it, but I highly recommend. I'm, I think I watched it on Tubi, maybe, but uh, I could I could fill those other movies, and those are also like regular rotation Halloween films for me too. And Heebie-Jeebie TV is going to be right up there. Like this is one that my wife would watch. Is she going to laugh? Probably not. Different styles <laughs> of humor, but it's not one she's going to like. You know, when seeing like I can't watch this. Like I think she would at least appreciate it. And if she would appreciate it for nothing more than the, Kellen mentioned earlier, the best quote in the entire movie, which is, I know I have a fucking rockin' monster coochie. Like, that alone <laughs> is worth the prize of admission. Like, just that line. Who came up with that line? Uh, that was, yeah, it was me. Bravo. Yeah. I'm glad that's Bravo. the one that, that gets your goat. I, I think it's hilarious, too. So I appreciate that. And if I you got so it, you got to flaunt it, right? <laughs> right. I think that's probably my favorite segment of the whole thing. Um, also, is it weird that I want some Frank's Franks? Like after watching, I'm like, I would eat that. Like, no, they're delicious. Now, <laughs> you know, you talk about, you know, the multiverse and universe expansion. I think we're going to probably go towards, you know, move away from filmmaking and strictly into spoof products, just like making these dumb ideas as real as possible. So I'm sure you'll be able to get Frank's <laughs> Franks in the future. Nice. I'll keep an eye out for it for sure. All right. So that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to wherever you listen to this podcast, follow us on Instagram, join our group on Facebook. Uh, if you have Amazon music, you can find a playlist of uh, music and artists from previous episodes there. So check that out as well. Uh, guys, thank you again for taking some time with us. Um, like I said, we all really thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of fun. And We've done a lot of we've done a lot of heavy episodes recently. I think like between uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, yeah. what was the other one that was oh, Men? Like ones that we have mm. to sit there and think, and we have to Google like <laughs> what the hell does this mean? Like so to have something like this in rotation is is very refreshing to say the least. And so, and thanks yeah. for making another gateway horror for a whole other you know yeah. generation of of kids because th this is a perfect gateway horror. That's right. Thank you. That oh, means no. a lot. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, glad you all enjoyed it. And, um, <laughs> like, like we said earlier, it's available on Screenbox, which if you don't have it, you can get a free seven-day trial. Uh, go check out Heebie Jeebie and check out Honest the Fortuit. It's probably the best two films that, I guess, original films that are on there right now. Besides the documentary, some of those documentaries are absolutely mm -hmm. knockout. I can't so recommend it. RoboDoc is amazing. More. We uh, we got a screener. Movie. We got a screener for Onyx, so we did an episode mm -hmm. on that a couple weeks ago. Like it's yeah. probably one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite film of the year. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of my. It's right up there with Shaun of the Dead and yep. and you know Tucker and Dale. Like he did such a fantastic job. And yeah, he knocked it out of the park, man. Yeah, and he, you know, you and you had him in your film for yep. a little segment too, where he played his Arby's guy character. So um, <laughs> nice little tight knit family. So uh, thank you guys again. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, go watch the movie. Um, and keep an eye out for Frank's Frank's coming out in the future in your hot dog aisle at your local grocery store. So uh, sign off. I'm Jay with Eric, Jake, John, Kellen, and TJ. And until next time, keep it spooky.